for NC State. A little bit of news, though, um, from Kansas State to Texas A&M. Texas A&M hired Colin Klein. That's right, the former Kansas State offensive quarterback and offensive coordinator. Um, he's going to take over, and I actually think this is a huge hire. It looks like Texas A&M actually might want to do a little bit of winning. I like this one. And there's a, there's a very lovely lady who uh, knows a little bit something about Texas A&M as her husband played quarterback down there. She's the great Evie Van Pelt. She might be the sweetest person in the whole wide world, and she's live from Hotlanta. What's up, Evie? Hey there. Well, I sent you my uh, my tweet. I, I almost got bonked in the head by a baseball bat, but I, I dodged it with my cat-like reflexes. <laughs> So they were down there. Um, so you got some of your little, um, some little baseball players down there. I think uh, Austin Simmons, a uh, Rebels pitcher, and who else is down there? Yeah, well, you know, no. The the funny thing is, he is a freshman on the Ole Miss football team. He's a quarterback on the Ole Miss football team. He's the the seventeen year old I've been talking about that reclassified from twenty twenty five to twenty twenty or twenty twenty three to twenty twenty five. He is also a baseball player. He's a pitcher, so we look for him this coming season in Ole Miss baseball. But so it is there. No, is today, this kid, by the way, there's nothing this kid can't do. I mean, he graduated I, high school. He's like a little I, genius. Uh, he's a great football player, baseball player. My goodness. I think they could put him out there for, you know, probably any of the sports teams that Ole Miss has. He's a very, very gifted athlete, super nice kid, and and still just a baby. So um, the quarterback, uh, Jackson Dart, pitched some. It was uh, offense against defense. And Jackson Dart pitched some. And then J.J. Pegues pitched for the defense he was actually very good he had really good reflexes out there uh, really fielding the balls being thrown back in yeah and uh, so at the end of it Austin Simmons was pitching to a freshman cornerback A.J. Brown not that A.J. Brown but a different A.J. Brown and uh, on Brown's final final swing he lost control let, of the bat. Yeah, um, <laughs> he let go of that sucker and it flew all the way. And I swear to you, I thought that was going to donk you right in the head. I know, and I don't know how, you know, I'm filming with my phone, and I don't know how, I mean, I'm the person in the red coat, and somehow I'm filming myself as that happened, so I'm not exactly sure what went on there, but yeah, that would have been pretty embarrassing if I would have gotten knocked out. <laughs> Can I just yeah. say, girl, you are the uh, the sweetest, the the smartest, and also the the toughest. I mean, we've had a, a curling iron blow up on <laughs> you this year. We've had a bat come fly at you. <laughs> a raccoon um, incident. A raccoon is. incident. Raccoon. I got rapey shots this this earlier this year. So yeah, it's been a it's been a, a very interesting season. It sure has been an interesting season, but um, one to remember, that's for sure. Um, and again, on so many fronts right now, everything's just pushing daisies for the Ole Miss Rebels. The Portal King is the Portal King. Uh, there is no question about it. Pete Golding's become a dead gum cult hero. And now all mm-hmm. of a sudden, the defensive line for the Ole Miss Rebels 2024 team is looking absolutely filthy, nasty. How in the hell did they do all this? Boy, I tell you what, I think, you know, they're now calling Pete Golding Portal Pete. Portal and Pete. Portal Pete. I love I it. Think, uh, yeah, I think, uh, yeah, boy, I mean, the work he has done has been amazing. And he, he talked uh, yesterday here in Atlanta 
about that. You know, he's asked because here at Ole Miss, when you cover Ole Miss, the only time you get to talk to anyone other than Lane Kiffin, besides the players they make available throughout the season, is uh, they let you talk to the coordinators at media day in the fall one time, and then we get them at the bowl game. So this is the first time, this is really only the second time we've gotten to talk to Pete Golding, like ever. So you don't get to talk to the coordinators much, but it was really interesting. He was asked about, um, you know, the transfer portal and, and how he identifies kids and the mindset of the defense. And, you know, I just, I like what he says. He said, we don't care if it's practice, the playoff, the playground, if they spot the ball, we're coming to play. And I really like that mentality. And I think his players have picked up that mentality also. Um, you know, and not only were uh, the the gentlemen great in the transfer portal again, and Walter Nolan. If people somehow have not been listening oh. to the show this week, I've talked about it uh, a lot. I mean, this is this defensive front landing the number one defensive tackle in the transfer portal, um, being uh. able to go out there and get him. I'm hearing a reported one point two million dollars Grove Collective tip of the cap. Uh, maybe you can help me out on some <laughs> of that. But um, they they really did um, beef up. Oh, my gosh, they did. And I want to say of the transfer players that they've brought in thus far, I mean, the overwhelming majority, I want to say all of them with the exception of maybe three or three or four are defensive players. And to get to get a Walter Nolan, um, again, like you say, I mean, he is a game changer. He's a game changer in the sense of, um, you know, he, he, he – brings a lot of attention. I mean, I, you just can't even turn on the TV, the national channels without hearing Ole Miss. And, you know, Lane Kiffin already had a reputation as the portal king. Well, I tell you what, you go and get a Walter Nolan, and I think that that cements your, your status there. But you're right. He brought in Walter Nolan, and he brought in Prince Lee Uman Mielin, and he brought in Tennessee's edge Tyler Barron. And I think those two edge players right there were, you know, like the number – three and the number five players in the portal. I mean, they're, they're just phenomenal players. And, um, you know, you throw in Walter Nolan with that and you bring in the uh, defensive back from Illinois, Taz Nicholson, Arkansas linebacker, Chris Paul, um, Oklahoma safety, Keyshawn Lawrence. I mean, what a haul on the defensive side. Not only did they bring in some studs, but, um, you know, they were able to keep somebody like a Quinshawn Judkins, uh, which was huge. Well, I tell you, it was interesting today. There Uh-oh. are still, you know, me, well, Uh-oh. me uh-oh. uh oh. You know, Quinshawn, I mean, he, he has to either come back or transfer. I mean, he's not, he's not old enough yet to go to the, to the draft, to declare for the draft. Jackson Dart, on the other hand, you know, does have that option. And nowadays, you know, again, it's just so crazy. You've got to deal with the transfer portal and do they want to declare for the NFL draft? And Jackson Dart and Quinshawn, we interviewed them this morning among some of the others and both of them were asked about their futures next season and both of them, Still are saying uh, they're not. They haven't made a decision. They are waiting until after the bowl game. They're focused on winning a bowl game and winning a program first eleven games in school history. So you know, I think a lot of ears perk up when when you hear that. Now, on the good side, I know Dart was asked if the caliber of players coming back 
and the caliber of players, you know, that they're getting a Juice Wells, you know, for example, Mm -hmm. the wide receiver that they got in the portal. Um, You know, they were from South Carolina. He was asked, you know, does that influence or affect your decision? And, I mean, you know, he he said, yes, it does. I mean, I think he's just got a star-studded cast around him. So I just, you know, it. To me, if I were a Jackson Dart, it would be very hard to walk away from a Trey Harris and a Juice Wills and a Jordan Watkins and, you know, then the younger guys, Aiden Williams and Caden Lee. And so. And the um, best defense that Ole Miss possibly could ever have. Absolutely. I mean, I think. And a 12 team playoff this year, which you could be there. Yes. (laughs) Yes. So I think, you know, I mean, never say never. And we live in crazy times with college football and crazy amounts of NIL money and, and all sorts of stuff, but I'm just telling you from a human perspective, if I'm Jackson Dart, I'm thinking I'm in the catbird seat with, with those guys. Yeah, this is what you dream of. And the other thing is, okay, so Quinshawn, um, oh my goodness, this is giving me a little bit of, uh, making me a little <laughs> nervous from, because I, I was told from um, somebody who you know, is that you know in the in the know a little bit, Evie. I'm sure you know them. And mm-hmm. basically, they said they they were kind of worried. You know, Quinchon was getting many many people reaching out trying to you know give him that uh, cash. Many yeah. many. But then I heard that you know the Grove Collective it did come in there and and pretty much match everything. So I thought that he I, I thought as of like I guess yesterday that everything was all good on the uh, Quinchon Judkins front. Well, you know, it's interesting to me, and it very well may be. I do think that, you know, last season, Lane Kiffin said when Quinshawn announced he was, you know, coming back last season because this came up then after his phenomenal freshman season, a lot of teams wanted him, and he said he is the most recruited player in college football, and he's not even in the portal. So, you know, theoretically, that's mm-hmm. tampering, right? I mean, everybody does it. But oh, but everybody, yeah. Right, the tamper portal. And so now, you know, I've heard the same things that you, as you, and I've heard some, you know, I heard some absolutely insane numbers offered out there for, our, for some other schools, you know, I've, in the SEC West, or what was the SEC West. And, you know, for example, I mean, you look at a, I want to say Paul Skeens, the LSU pitcher they got last year that came in and was all everything. I, I think his NIL was a million dollars. I mean, so you can imagine what somebody like a Quinshawn Judkins would would be getting offers for. So I, it may well all be settled, but at least publicly on the record, um, Quinshawn, yeah. yes, mm-hmm. yes, he absolutely said, uh, today, his exact words were, I'm just focused on this bold game, just going out with my guys. That's my main focus is just to win this game. Well, so. everybody out there, um, I know I tell everybody, make sure you get your Tito's on. But for those Ole Miss fans, they do have the Grove Collective Vodka. I can't remember what it's called, but it does. It's your Grove Collective Vodka on, yes, because we need the money to be supporting supporting all this so um yeah it's uh it's, a, it's an exciting time um for Ole Miss fans but they have a huge game in front of them Penn State um talk to me what what, what are the coaches saying uh what do you think this means to the players are they all in because again we've been watching these bowl games mm-hmm. uh the transfer portal uh guys opting out to you know get prepared for the NFL draft um it's 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 a weird time for college football. The bowl season's always been weird, but now it's just gotten a little hairier with the portal and and coaches leaving and all the things that are going. How though is uh, uh Ole Miss 
and basically the collective because it feels like uh, they pretty much got um, pretty much all their big guns ready to ready to roll. Yeah, they really do, and that's been the nice thing. And I think it's a, a two pronged thing here. I think that, and Pete Golding talked about bringing guys in on visits, you know, like for portal portal players and seeing how they interact with the the kids, the players there. And, you know, it's just interesting because I think there is, you know, they keep talking about a culture. This year's team is very, very, very close. And so I think that that's helped them overcome some adversity, you know, when they, when they lost some games or when they were behind in games and they were able to come back and win. And to me, what, what I think is um, they're very focused. Every single one of them we talked to talked about leaving a legacy that if they win this game against Penn State, they will be the only Ole Miss football team in school history to win 11 games. And they all just said, we want, you know, we don't want to leave here and be forgotten. We want, we want to put a stamp on, on our season and our group. So I think they're very, very, very focused. It means a lot to them. They know they have a challenge. I mean, man, that Penn State defense, I, I was there for the, <laughs> yeah, I was there for the Penn State uh, interviews this morning with the defensive coordinator and the defensive players. And I was a little scared. <laughs> you know? I mean, they, they just, uh, they are very, very intelligent, uh, defensively. They're very pre- uh, prepared, very disciplined from what I've seen. And they were asked over and over again, how are you going to deal with the old Miss tempo? And, you know, they talked about that and they talked about, you know, their defensive line, you know, the best thing to, to do with that is to get pressure, get pressure on, on the quarterback. So they, they, they have a plan. And, you know, now they also know that Ole Miss has, they indicated, I mean, I don't think they've played anybody. Well, no other school in the country, I think, had three receivers like Ole Miss does with Watkins Wade and Trey Harris with, you know, so many yards receiving each. And so, you know, they did talk about all the weapons Ole Miss has. They were very respectful about Ole Miss. I don't want to act like they weren't, but they're they're a very sound defensive squad. Um, they are very, very sound defensive squad. But like you said, you talk about those weapons and wide receivers that put a lot of pressure on that secondary. Uh, you got Jackson Dart, who also not only can push the ball down the field, but his legs are a hell of a weapon. And then you got two backs back there, and uh, you, you, uh, Ulysses been at the fourth, and Quinchon Judkins, who can run the ball down there. So it's going to be good. My question's on the other side where, you know, where we got pushed around. Ole Miss got pushed around by Mm -hmm. Georgia. Uh, They were beat up a little bit at the end of the year. How healthy is that defensive front right now? How healthy is that offensive line? What about the big boys in the trenches? You know, I think they they did talk about that today. And I think, um, you know, Penn State's run defense has given up less than 70 yards a game. So, um, you know, and, 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 and I believe Penn State is first in the country in fourth quarter scoring. Ole Miss is in the top 10 too. So, you know, that's going to be something there to watch. But in terms of the actual lines, I think they're very healthy. I think the only offensive lineman Ole Miss won't have, of course, is Micah Pettis, who is out with, um, a foot injury that, you know, we knew was a season ending injury, but, um, everybody else, they've talked about they're healthy. The defensive line, defensive line is a very healthy, doing very well. Now they will have to account for the fact that we have had one opt out. Uh, Cedric Johnson is not going to play because he's getting ready for 
Senior Bowl and NFL uh, draft, but he is the only one. And so, you know, I think that it's not going to be like, I think I read something yesterday that A&M only had in their game, like maybe 55, you know, players and uh, available what with people entering the portal and opting out. And Ole Miss is not in that position. They're very, very united and they've got, you know, pretty much their entire team there. Well, we've been talking Ole Miss football because I could talk it too. I'm blue in the face. I'm fired up. I'm looking forward to the Peach Bowl. Um, man, I'm, I'm really excited. By the way, are you? is, is the party going to be going down? I'm, I hate that I'm not going to yes. make it, but uh, everything getting ready. And, and I'm sending you some of my friends now. They're coming to see you. I am so glad, you know, and, and it's funny. I don't know what the, the capacity is. I think we may be pushing the capacity, but it's a come and go. So hopefully people – will come and get in and I'm telling folks I know you know if you if you get there and there might not be room tell them to go find Evie and I'll figure out a way to to make some room and get you in but we're excited about that we've got uh, coach Alex Falk coming who is a uh, the high school and junior college liaison uh, for recruiting for the Rebels he's going to come and do a little We'll talk and take some questions and answers, and we've got some great merchandise we're giving away. So I wish you were going to be there, I do my too. friend. I do too. But again, the Rebel Walk pre-party is going to be absolutely awesome. It's brought to you by College Corner. Throw a little plug in there, um, and it's yeah. on the twenty ninth from seven to ten. So um, if you're in Atlanta and you're a Ole Miss fan, go over there and check that bad boy out with Evie. And yes, she yeah. is she is just as lovely as she sounds on the ra- the radio airwaves. Um, Evie, we got to switch gears because. Um, you know, we could all usually you just talk Ole Miss football, Ole Miss football, Ole Miss football. <laughs> uh, there's a really dead gum good basketball team. What's going on Boy, with Chris Beard's boys? Isn't it a good basketball team? So moved up another notch, I believe, in the the 20, rankings. What are you twenty third, twenty second? I think twenty. I think well, I think in the coaches poll maybe, and then I think in the AP poll maybe they moved up one, maybe to twenty four. Okay. Um, but they are still undefeated, and so that things are going well. They've got uh, there. They have one game left. It's uh, before conference play, and that will be on New Year's Eve at three o'clock. They play Bryant in oxford and then then boom january 6th on the road tennessee so in knoxville so that is going to be a game i think we're going to learn a lot about that team at that point yeah tennessee tennessee january 6th that one's (laughs) going to be a lot of fun by the way though did you also see the new um tennessee's going to start the nico kid this week uh, in the citrus bowl yeah I did. You know, I thought that was was interesting. And I will tell you, I saw, I don't know, another Tennessee. I think uh, he was Mr. Tennessee football. Marcel Reed was at quarterback yesterday for A&M when their third string quarterback, who was the starter in the Texas Bowl yesterday, Jalen Henderson, went down with an injury. And Marcel Reed came in. And I think I read something where he had the most yards in a game since you know kellen mond most passing yards since kellen mond back Ooh. in whenever so you know he did that's a uh, tennessee kid who did a did a great job there but yeah i can't wa- wait to watch nico i've been wanting to see him him out there playing yeah me too i can't wait to check that out so i'll be looking at that but i'm um, also by the way bryant and i know a lot of old miss fans are going to be looking forward to tennessee on january 6th but on new year's eve be careful. That Bryant team beat FAU earlier this year. 
That's right. That's right. And yeah, so I, I just think, you know, nowadays it's, it's hard to know with, I mean, look at how completely revamped Ole Miss's men's basketball team is in just one year. And, you know, we've seen the difference even just a player or two can make. So I, I absolutely think that they better keep an eye out on, on Bryant. You're right. And not look ahead to the balls. Well, I hope everybody, when they're thinking Ole Miss sports, they'll go to only one spot, and that's therebelwalk.com. Also, follow them on Twitter at therebelwalk. Follow Evie. She's the founder and the publisher. She's the sweetest person on planet Earth. And, um, I mean, just a delight. You hear her every single Thursday. But she's at Ole Miss Evie on the Twitter. Go see her at the party. And, uh, Evie, do me a favor. Tell some of our listeners what they can be looking forward to. I know y'all are constantly working over there. Uh, y'all put out more information on Ole Miss than anybody. What's coming down the pipe? Aw, thank you so much. Well, we've got uh, articles coming out about this morning's press conference with uh, Jackson Dart and Quinshawn and what Charlie Weiss had to say about how they're going to handle the Penn State defense. And uh, so we're looking forward to that. And then we'll have uh, Coach James Franklin and Coach Kiffin tomorrow morning. So we'll have some interviews out with them. And um, just uh, oh, we've got an interview coming out with uh, one of the freshman offensive linemen who committed to Ole Miss, Kavian Broussard, back on early signing day. So just stay tuned. We'll keep you posted on what's happening. Well, Evie, thank you for so much. I hope you had a very Merry Christmas. I hope you have the happiest of New Year's, and we'll do it again soon, dear. And thank you, Annick, and congratulations thank on you. for you. I'm so excited for thank your personal you. news. So yeah, yeah, got engaged. Can you believe that. it? Yes. Oh, no, no, it's okay, man. I, I know. I, um, actually, I'm yesterday excited. I mentioned it. Yeah, you broke the news yesterday. Okay, well, I was so excited. I saw pictures on Facebook, and I'm like, oh, y'all are such a cute couple. So congratulations. Oh, thank you, Evie. You be blessed here, and okay. um, have a wonderful time. And we'll, And I'll see you soon. Okay, maybe it's right. the Tennessee game. That's okay. right. Oh, yes, Tennessee <laughs> okay. game. Be blessed. That's Evie Vimpel, follower at the Rebel Walk again, and always go to the Rebel Walk. That is the number one source for all things sports information. we got to take a time out, but just uh, wanted to remind you one quick thing. Tito's. I love Tito's. You love Tito's. We all love a little bit of Tito's. Tito's handmade vodka, best spirit around. On the other side, it's time for Hardenwood. Sports 56, 98, 5FM. We are real sports talk. Sports 56 WHBQ. Available on your radio dial at 560 AM and 98.5 FM as well as around the world online at sports56whbq.com. Take us with you everywhere by downloading the Sports 56 app. And at home, just say, Alexa, play Sports 56. Wherever you are, stay tuned in to real sports talk. Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. Today, I consider myself the luckiest man on the face of the earth. Now, back to Sports 56 Happy Hour on Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. This hour is brought to you by Tito's Vodka. Here once again, Johnny Radio.
Welcome back to a little Sports 56 Happy Hour. I'm your buddy Johnny Radio, hanging out with Brian Dacus all day long, all day strong. It is a thirsty Thursday in the Mid-South. We're always brought to you by Tito's Handmade Vodka. If life hands you lemons, don't freak out, don't fret, don't stress. Just make a lemon drop. Make sure it's with Tito's Handmade Vodka. We got wall-to-wall ball on the other side. We are going to do some bets. We're going to give you some bets, 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 bets. But right now here, we're going to do a little bit of stuff that's called funny stuff. It's called Hardenwood. Let's do it now. Ah, uh, you're gonna have to give me a second, John. <laughs> oh, I'm so sorry. I'm so okay. sorry. It's Not all right. Your fault. Hey, it's my fault. Hey, no big deal. No big deal. So uh, let's go. Oh, two seconds. Well, all right, John. Uh, let's try that go again. Hardenwood. This is Access Hardenwood. John, I nailed it. Man, Holy you did. Cow, I nailed it. You did it. You got it. You got there. You finally got there. The thing is, though, this is interesting. Guess who's starting off some Hardenwood today? That, that would be you, buddy. Oh, me, John. I saw a story earlier today that I thought you would love to hear. A California woman was caught with a hundred pounds of marijuana during a traffic stop in Nebraska. Now, you might ask, okay, she's in Nebraska, so obviously a felony right there because she's crossing state lines with uh, with marijuana. But you might ask, why did she get pulled over? The answer, John, she was speeding. So she's got all that weed in the car, and mm-hmm. she's just just driving fast. She's driving fast. Cops said, whoop, whoop, you're going a little fast. And then uh, I'm sure she was like, a little I'm shaky. sure you could smell the pot. Yeah, and she probably was a little fidgety. You know, she's pulled over with all of this marijuana in the car. And, uh, you know, he says, can I take a look in the car? And then, fi- I mean, I'm, I'm literally looking at the picture, John. It is duffel bags. Full of, of marijuana, four duffel bags filled to the brim with marijuana, and she was uh, she was obviously arrested. So. Uh, I was going to be it was going to be that kind of party then, huh? Right? Yeah. How about that? You know what though, um, man? Like I don't know. Just like why are you speeding? Like the one thing I would think if I was like um, a mule. Did you ever see the movie with Clint Eastwood when he was an old man and he was like moving drugs? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like. Check your taillights. Uh-huh. Don't, you know, obey all traffic laws. I'm not saying break the law, by the way, people. Don't do that. Please don't, because bad things happen. Wow. You know? John, I'm sorry. I did not oh, mean no. to cut you off at all. Um, so today is the, uh, they're having the AutoZone Liberty Bowl parade downtown on Beale Street. I think it's later this afternoon, maybe. Um, but the Iowa State Cyclones had a some sort of pep rally today at AutoZone Park. Um, for the team, and let me tell you something: more fans for this pep rally for Iowa State's bowl game tomorrow than any crowd the Memphis Redbirds have had this season at AutoZone Park. I mean, this place is packed. They got the band out there, they've got the cheerleaders, the teams out there, and man, there are a ton of fans there for Iowa State. So, so it looks like a good turnout for Iowa State. You know, they always show out for bowl games. They travel really, really well. This is courtesy of Jonah Dillon, who covers the Tigers um, for the commercial appeal. He tweeted out the uh, video of, of the team going on the field and just all the um, fans, and he said on the tweet, East Ames, Tennessee, question mark, because there are so many uh, Iowa State fans there. It's incredible. That is that. Uh, that's pretty wild. That's incredible. And another thing that's incredible is um, the Duke's Mayo Bowl. Gross. Um, did you see the the like? I mean, one the whole thing around this is very disgusting. Of course, the winning team when the game's over, they get a whole vat of mayonnaise dumped on them. 
John, if you had to have one condiment, me and Johnny talked about this yesterday afternoon, and Johnny had a great answer. If you had to have one condiment poured over you, what would it be? Certainly would not be mayonnaise. Well, I mean, I can tell you that right now. It definitely wouldn't be mayonnaise, like um, a condiment. A condiment. Like, can whipped cream be a condiment? Mmm, good question, John. Because if you wow. pour, pour whipped cream all over huh. me. No, I John. I'm going to say that that's. Might... A, I, I'm going to say that's a topping. I'm not going to say that's a condiment. All right. Well, I'm going to look it up, John, because you might you might be onto something there. Whipped cream would certainly that be would the be correct awesome. answer. Um, but you know, I don't know. Yeah, like, uh, d- dude, I definitely it wouldn't be mayonnaise number one. Johnny said yesterday because I was thinking I was like the only condiment like I really like is is pepper. ketchup. Um, and I was like, but I don't want ketchup dumped all over me. Johnny said barbecue sauce. Which I think is a great answer. The only problem is barbecue sauce is sticky. You'd have to go hop in a shower like right after so you're not all sticky the rest of the day. But barbecue sauce, not a bad answer. Uh, not a bad answer. Not a bad answer. I'm, I'm still thinking, bro, I think I think we can use. I mean, wow, like, whipped cream, Nutella syrup, and honey are great sweet condiments. Man, John, I'm giving I'm it getting, to you. I'm whipped getting, cream, that's a man. great answer. I want whipped cream dripping from end to end. No mayo, though, because the mayo no. is disgusting. But there were people, listen... Before the game, these were fans, and they were like having mayo chug offs. John, did you did you watch that and broadcast? By the way, you can't chug it. Like what they did is they put mayonnaise in like a squeeze bottle, and they were Gross. shooting laser beams Gross. of mayonnaise Gross. down their throat. Did you watch that broadcast? They had um, all sorts. It was Matt Barry uh, on the call um, with Dan Mullins, and they had. Uh, mayonnaise nachos with nachos covered with mayonnaise. They had uh, they had uh, donuts so that they put mayonnaise on, but it was like a, a sriracha mayonnaise or something like that. I mean, it was it was great. Did you hear the West Virginia coach though? Um, can't remember his name. My brain's not working. Gosh, I'm. Um, he's the one who got dumped. He had the uh, Duke's mayo dumped on him because West Virginia beat up on North Carolina yeah. thirty to ten in the Duke's Neil mayo. Brown. Oh, Neil yeah. Brown. Did you hear what Neil Brown said? Um, before the game, though, and then they asked him, uh, you know, you know, has he ever had a, a thing of mayonnaise dumped on him before? And he goes completely like anti uh, Duke's Mayo Bowl. He goes, I don't put mayonnaise on anything. Wow, not he a goes, good answer when you're he in goes, Mayo Bowl. I'm just a bread and cold cuts. Maybe throw a piece of cheese on it. I, I don't, like. I like the way Neil I don't Brown put thinks. anything on it. And I'm then they him. were like, Well, are you gonna um, are you gonna let him pour mayo on you? And he's like. Yeah, you know, he's like, I'm a team player. Good for him. I'll let him do it, but he's definitely, you could tell he was a little squirmish. But I don't know, I find that to be one of the nastiest things is people shooting shots of mayo. Now, that has become a popular thing, the Duke's Mayo Bowl, and it's really a reason everyone gets excited for the Duke's Mayo Bowl because they know somebody is going to have mayonnaise dumped on them after the game, which is great. You're starting to see a lot of other bowls, um, and especially with kind of the day and age of bowl season we are, a lot of other bowls are trying to do gimmicky things like this either during or after games to try to get more eyeballs on their bowl game. Later that night, um, the DirecTV Holiday Bowl between Louisville and USC, um, they decided that they were going to put it to a vote on Twitter earlier in the week of what 
should be dumped on the winning coach, and eggnog went out. So Lincoln Riley had eggnog uh, dumped all over him. Yeah, that was um, that's also a nasty thing. I I, eggnog is disgusting. Yeah, but uh, be original, uh, Holiday Bowl. I mean, you can't dump something on the same day. If you're going to dump something on a coach, you cannot be on the same day as the mayonnaise bowl because now it just looks like you're taking stuff from the mayonnaise bowl. Wow, Boston College. This quarterback's electric. No, that one's their quarterback. That was a running back. Never mind. Uh, Castellanos, Thomas Castellanos. Yeah, I thought that was Castellanos. It's, it's actually, it was actually number the five. The dude can run, run, by the way. He's got wheels. He was not their starting quarterback, John, in the spring game. Their uh, Moorhead was their spring game starter, and he, I guess, won out in fall. How about mm-hmm. that? Now, um, I've been trying to figure this out. You know, uh, the Grizzlies play the Denver Nuggets tonight. Oh, my gosh, John. Did you just see that play? I was a play behind you. Castellanos just scored. That was incredible. He just leapt over a defender. I'm sorry, John. I missed it. No. That was incredible. um, Aaron Gordon, the Grizzlies play the Denver Nuggets tonight. They're going to be without Aaron Gordon for a while. Um, If you haven't heard, he's been bit. We talked about he needed 21 stitches to fix his wound in his shooting hand. He also had cuts to his face. That's crazy. And his body. He was attacked on Christmas Day by a dog. But, like... You know, Mike Malone said that, you know, um, they don't want to see Aaron Gordon, you know, around here. They need him to go and uh, heal, heal physically and mentally after what he just went through. So was he just attacked by some wild random dog? Can't be. I mean, the way that, I mean, he needs to be, you know, both physically and mentally, He's after what he's just went through. I mean, yeah, like when you said he got bit on the hand is one thing. Yeah. I looked at this story during the break. And I'm like, the more I read, I'm like, dude, this sounds terrible. He's got cuts on his hands. He's got 21 stitches in his hand. He's got cuts on his face. And like Mike Malone, basically, I mean, in his word, he said he was attacked by a dog on Christmas. When we've had some crazy injuries, because, you know, now this, but then earlier in the season, Kelly Oubre got hit by a car um, and was out, you know, because he was riding his bike and got hit by a car, which allegedly, I guess, supposedly there's like some controversy around that on if he actually got hit by a car. Johnny did that yesterday. We were talking about it, and I said, yeah, Kelly Oubre got hit by a car, and Johnny goes, allegedly. I was like, well, what, 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 is, what does that mean, allegedly? I thought he got hit by a car. Um, That's a great question. I really don't, but I'm still trying to find this dog. Like, what kind of dog this was? How come none of the stories mentioned the dog? I don't know. I uh, maybe like uh, his. I've looked dog. at four different ones, and they don't. Okay, this is from the New York Daily News. Nuggets Aaron Gordon bit by family dog on Christmas. Oh, he finally got family dog. So now we have some new information. I don't know. Damn, man! But when you got lacerations to your face, face and hand, like, what are they going to do with the dog now? Uh, maybe lock him in the kennel and say, bad dog. That's, that's just a sad story. I hope, uh, hope everybody's all right. But I hope the Grizzlies tonight, who are getting seven and a half points, did you see that line, baby? Oh, yeah. Playing the Nuggets on the road. Ja does have a little bit of a, a little stomach issue, a little feverish, a little maybe fluish. He doesn't feel good. He's under the weather. Um, we don't know if he's going to be able to play tonight. We'll find out later. But currently, the Denver Nuggets are a 7.5-point favorite. But again, the Grizzlies, with Jaws return, 4-0. and oh. What's going to happen? I don't know, but I do have some bets on the other side. Don't touch the dial. Sports 56, 98, 5FM. Join the voice of the Tigers, Dave Woloshin, for Wolo and Friends. Weekday mornings from 10 to 11, here on Sports 56 and 98.5 FM.
but you got to be willing to take the hit and not pointing fingers saying you ain't where you want to be because of him or her or anybody. Cowards do that and that ain't you. You're better than that. Now back to Sports 56 Happy Hour on Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. This hour is brought to you by Tito's Vodka. Here once again, Johnny Radio. Welcome back to a little Sports 56 Happy Hour. I'm your buddy Johnny Radio, hanging out with Brian Dacus. It's been a beautiful, thirsty Thursday here. Again, always brought to you by Tito's Handmade Vodka, the best spirit around. And we got wall-to-wall ball, baby. We are betting. We are gambling. We are rocking. We are firing. Right now, if you took SMU, you're not probably very, very, very much comfortable because Boston yeah, College is up 23-14. to 14. balling right now and just forced a punt. Yeah, uh, SMU, this is this is the old adage. SMU is probably not so happy to be at a bowl like this uh, where Boston College is just lucky to be in a bowl, and they're not far from their home. Well, it's interesting, John. I thought SMU would really want to come out and, you know, Boston College being an ACC team, really take it to Boston College and say, look, we belong in the ACC, and for the first half – it looked like they were playing well, but I will say this. Rain might be playing a factor. There have been some really good pa- uh, throws by this uh, backup quarterback, Jenkins, uh, or Jennings, whatever his last name is. Uh, but, I mean, his receivers are just dropping the ball. They just can't hold on to the dead gum football. And then the Castellanos on the other side has been nasty. Yeah, he's been, he's been he's just balling. By the way, speaking of balling, I love tonight. Um, I'm telling you, when we're talking about quarterback play, the Jets are on their fourth quarterback of the year. They're going with Trevor Simeon. Huh. They're not going to score 30 points on a Browns team in their house. Joe Flacco and Amari Cooper and David Njoku are the real deal Holyfield. I know the line opened at 5.5. It's been pushed all the way to 7.5. It is a steep price. I still think you have to pay if you want to play. And I'm going with the Browns. And then college football tonight, Arizona, Oklahoma. Jed Fish has done an unbelievable job with Arizona. Their first bowl since 2017. On the flip side, Oklahoma, this is their 25th consecutive bowl. Their offensive lineman is, is in the transfer portal. Dylan Gabriel's gone, but everybody in Oklahoma is saying this is the the start of the Jackson-Arnold era. A lot of people are saying he's going, hey, Miller Moss ain't nothing. Mm, Wait till you see what Jackson-Arnold does. Six touchdowns, all this good stuff. Man, I don't know. I look at the other side in Arizona and Jed Fish, and I look at the fact that they're going to go against a defense that is terrible, gives up 30 yards per play. They're, they give up 4.5 yards per rush. They can't stop the run. They did get 19 turnovers. Problem is, Arizona, they don't turn the ball over. Only five interceptions on the entire season. I'm back in the Wildcats. I'm back in Jed Fish. Let's go, Wildcats. Take them and lay the two and a half. For Brian Dacus, I'm John Harden. Y'all get out there. Make the world a better place. We'll see you on the flip side. Peace.